what sound-minded person, with your truth, my truth, I could just, what sound-minded person really believes that the answer to this drug pandemic, this epidemic going on, is just more drugs? Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Yes, sir. We are back. Episode three of this new season. I'm Adam Comer. Ryan Chittister. And always we have our producer, Carl Crone. Gosh, why do we even? Come on. Why is he even? That's my boy, though. That's my boy right there. That's my boy. Is it? It is. I mean, it's one of those things that if we could hire someone else, probably would for this. No, Carl's great. Hey, so today, guys, we wanted to talk to you about Lost and Found Recovery in Christ. It is the curriculum that we have adopted, goodness, five years ago now. Uh, Our own Pastor Bruce Stanley is the author of it, is the message that he was given by God when he was pleading with God. There has to be something else, Lord. There has to be something else. I can't go to these meetings and call myself an addict or an alcoholic. There's got to be instruction in your word that tells me what to do. And the Lord led him to a specific chapter and some verses in the Bible that we're going to read in just a second. But I do want to tell you, uh, as you've noticed, we've talked about in the first two episodes, Ryan is the co-host of this because Bruce, Pastor Bruce, is doing a 30-day devotional. If It's already launched. If you haven't, it's in the... Um, not the channel, not the folder. It's in the, what is it? And YouTube, they have different, you could say it out loud, girl. Playlist. Playlist. Yeah, we'll say playlist. I think it's called something else, but there's an entire playlist just for the Lost and Found 30-day devotional series. They're around three to five minutes, and there's one every single day, and and Bruce has recorded those. Please go and check those out. It's amazing. Uh, but I wanted to start off and just kind of talk about this for a minute, and then I want to hand it off to Ryan because he's teaching this every week and he's seeing the effects. But here's, here's the verse. It's in 2 Peter chapter 1, and it starts in verse 3. And before I dive in, I think that there's, hmm, I think that there's definitely different demographics of, that's watching this, Ryan. I think there's definitely alumni and people who have struggled, are currently struggling with addiction, but I also think it's probably family members yeah. uh, of loved ones. And so for those that have never really battled with a chemical addiction, there is this desire. And man, I can't I can't think of the words to to in the English language really to explain that desire. Um to do it justice anyways, right? It's such a desire. There's there's you read the stories, the crazy I've done crazy things because of this desire for this next drug. Uh, but you read the stories of like kids being left in the back seat and uh, things like that, and 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 so there's this desire that's really hard to explain. And if you go, there is there is this um, in the brain. There's all these different things that can explain it. It's like the desire when it comes to opiates and things like that, and drugs and alcohol. It's like 800 times or something crazy. Uh, the desire for food or sex or something like that. It's so it's crazy. The desire is unreal. And I preface that because look at what Second Peter addresses. Let's dive in. It says this. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that, so that through them, through what? 
through his promises, mm. his great and precious promises. Mm. But through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. So the word of God just said that we can escape this very thing that I just said that I can't even explain with English words how craving, how hard this thing has its grasp on you. And the word of God just said that we can escape those things. Mm. And if God said it, so be it. Amen. And so I want to hand this off to you, Ryan, and then we'll, I'll come back and I'll talk about some things that, that we're seeing churches do and we're seeing some other programs do. Um, but Ryan, you teach this every week. Uh, you, you've gone through this. You've, you, this is ministered to you. Um, man, tell us a little bit about when you teach it, tell us a little about what you're seeing with guys fresh in. I mean, and when Ryan's teaching this, it could be anything from a guy that's been with us for six weeks, or it could have been a guy shooting heroin the day before. And now he's in your class yeah. hearing about the word of God. Tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. So the seven principles are, it says in second Peter uh, chapter one, add to your faith, virtue and to virtue, knowledge and to knowledge, self-control and to self-control, steadfastness and to steadfastness, godliness and to godliness, brotherly affection and to brotherly affection, love. And it tells us after that, that it keeps us from being ineffective mm. and unfruitful in our walks with the Lord. And that's exactly what it does. These are truths and promises of God. Mm. And if we claim to be believers and followers of him at some point in my walk, you know, I've got to stand on those truths and not the lies that the enemy tries to feed my mind or the feelings that are in my heart. Um, but yeah, th these are tangible instructions um, that even for somebody who maybe not know necessarily know the word of God yet that can navigate you and walk you through what a day to day life with Christ looks like, what walking in obedience looks like, what steadfastness uh, looks like, you mm -hmm. know. And I would say one of my favorite principles probably to teach that's most profound to me as well is self-control. Mm. And there was a verse that was yeah. taught whenever I was a student in the program, and it was 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, 13. Um, and it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he has provided the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Mm. And that is something man that resonated with me deeply. And I remember I'd go back down to my rack and I would think about that. Okay. So this is not a surprise to God. As we spoke about, um, in another episode Yeah, last week, addiction is not a surprise to God. Yeah. Okay. And then not only does it say that he has not put me in a position where I'm, I'm going to have to succumb to sin. I'm going to have to succumb to temptation. You know, I'm able to endure through those things. Mm. Um, and that, that gives me peace, man. That gave me hope because my faith and trust was always in myself. But at some point, man, I had to trust in the word of God. I had to trust in the promises of God. And these principles really helped me to navigate those waters of what that means to trust God. Um, even a principle like brotherly affection, you know, um, that's difficult to love others. I'll just be real. I, I struggled to love others. You know, I would often blame other people for the situation I was in. Um, I, I told some of the guys at the lodge the other day, you know, there was a point in my life throughout my addiction, you know, you could have put me in heaven and I would have complained that the streets were 12 karat gold <laughs> and not 24 karat gold. And it's funny, but it's so true. Yeah. You know, it was always this, it was always that. And so loving people the way God has called me to, I struggled doing that. 
And I realized, man, that's something internal that's going on with me. That's that's um, going to hinder my love for the Lord, you know, because the two greatest commands Paul tells us is love the Lord with uh, your God, with all your heart, all your mind and your spirit and love your neighbor as yourself. That's right. Um, so, yeah, these principles, man, they, they just build that bridge to the gap of, OK, I can't necessarily pick up God's word just yet. Maybe if you're a beginner in your walk, but they help they help you navigate that path um, and it builds a bridge to understanding the gospel and walking with the Lord and, and a tangible way with instructions. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to just, just speaking of growth and as we grow in Christ, as we mature in Christ, as we love his, his word more, uh, you guys notice just then, um, when coming in, Ryan, uh, you know, he, he quoted, uh, that you would think from memory, the rest of second Peter. And then he quoted another verse, um, and that's not growth here. There's a teleprompter up behind my head oh, gosh, and that he was go. reading that. He doesn't <laughs> memorize that. I don't know that he reads very much. You know? That's right. No, he didn't. That was very cool. Um, but that brings me to another thing. And I've just, I remember hearing Bruce talk about this and I remember really pondering it as we were adopting this curriculum to teach our guys. It's so true. This is sanctification. And this isn't just for people going through addiction. This is for every believer. This is for life. Amen. And not only that, but it's like, I remember hearing this like virtue or goodness. The very first principle that the Bible, that this, this passage in second Peter tells us to go through. When I first came to a place of recovery and I'm hearing of goodness, man, I didn't even know what good was. I didn't know Mm. what goodness was. I didn't Mm. know what standard to be good. I thought, I thought goodness was one thing, but I couldn't trust that, right? Everything that I, spiraling down this place of idolatry, sin, addiction, self-service, self-worship, all of this stuff, and then I'm reading something about goodness, and it's like, what is good? And I love the fact that when this is talked about and this is taught at S2L, well, God is good. That's your standard. God is good. Let's start there, and I love how Peter, inspired by the Spirit of God, he starts there. Yeah, it's good. It's virtue. It's goodness. Let's start with grow and supplement our faith with goodness, with virtue. Yeah. And I think that's really important. I think it's really cool as, as um, for all believers, to be honest with you, but especially as, as the, the things that we're doing. Uh, is there anything you wanted to add? Because I was going to talk about to the church, but I mean, I could save that for a little bit. Yeah, I, know. I, I would even say, you know, uh, principle two, as far as knowledge goes, you know, yeah, knowledge of God. The knowledge of God and what that does, you know, the Bible is very clear that that it has the power to renew our minds and transform our hearts. God speaks to us more through anything else in life, his word. Right. Um, And so that's one of the main Mm. things about addiction was my thoughts felt this way. My heart felt this way. What does the word of God say? And I always tell the guys, you've got to come to a point in your life and in your walk. You've got to filter your thoughts and your emotions through the word of God, which is absolute truth, through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that's what I, I was really, man, I, I, I took an initiative to do that each and every single day when I woke up, and I still do that to this day. Okay, my thoughts are feeling this way. My heart is feeling this way, you know. Um, we can't allow temporary emotions to cause us to make permanent decisions. And that's often what we do. We're so used to living a life of, you know, instant gratification that waiting on the Lord, as the Bible tells us, is not always easy. That's right. In fact, it takes an immense Very amount of Very rarely faith. is it easy. It takes frustration. You know, yeah. you, you're, you're, you're pleading with God like, okay, I know your timing's different than mine, but I wish it would catch up to mine. But what we learn mm. in those trials and adversities 
is far more significant than we could ever learn in those times on that mountaintop. Yeah. You know, and that's really what keeps us grounded in our faith is remembering through the trials that we go to and go through in the future. Like, man, I remember when I went through that thing and God got me through that, man. I remember when I was in the darkest season of my life and I seen God show up in the mightiest way, man. I remember when I went through the death death of a family member and God helped me prevail Mm. through that, you know, and deal with those things. So that's good. That's good. I don't want to put you on the spot, uh, but I'll ask a question. What do you think the difference is? And I know that you've probably never taught another curriculum for addiction for someone other place. Right. But what do you think the difference is? Because you do see the fruit. You do see the lights click on, as we like to say. What do you think the difference is um, as you teach someone these biblical truths that, like I said, could have come in yesterday from shooting heroin yesterday? What have you noticed that fruit? What have you noticed the consistency versus maybe – not that you've taught the other way, but you've heard it, you've said in it. What do you think the difference is? And again, I don't want to put you on the spot, guys. This isn't something that we don't rehearse these things. They're not scripted. Um, we do have some general ideas of what we want to talk about each show, but this isn't scripted or anything like that. But, but what, are your, what do you think the difference is? Like the, the, why is this so powerful? Well, for one, it is the word of God, you know, and as I just spoke, it's living and breathing. It is active in our lives. So Mm -hmm. when you speak that word over somebody and they have an open heart and an open mind to receive what the Lord desires to do in their life, there's going to be significant change that follows. Um, Secondly, I do believe um, with the teachers that we have myself and, you know, many of our other teachers have experienced addiction themselves. Yeah. So you kind of have an extra, you know place for them as far as an ear to listen for them. You know, they're more inclined to, okay, if this guy has been in my shoes and he's up there and I can sense this overwhelming, you know, uh, joy, I can sense a peace that he has. I can sense the strength that he has. Um, it gets their attention. It it grabs and pulls them in. Now it's only the spirit of God that inspires true transformation. hundred percent. I get that. Um, but I think there's something tangible about somebody who's been in their shoes that's teaching this and that they can see the effects of it. Mm. Um, that resonates with them on a deep level. God uses that to resonate with them. You know, he uses our walks to inspire hope. He uses our walks to inspire that man. This freedom stuff is impossible. If you get a man to believe that freedom is possible, man, he's going to dive all the way in. And that's what it takes. I've got to be fully dove into this thing. I've got to buy in. Even I remember a time in my life where I, 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 yeah, I believed, but I didn't fully believe it. But I would tell myself, this is the word of God. Mm. I've confessed my faith in Jesus Christ, right? I know 100% that he has saved me. I'm going to buy all the way in on this. Now, can I understand every single principle and, and, and biblical aspect of every chapter? No, I can't. But there's got to be a point in your life where it's like, man, I'm buying in. Yeah, I'm buying in fully. Yeah, and, and we talked about it last episode just about um, some of the, the absolute standards of truth and why we're wanting the church to step in because this is a spiritual situation. Yeah. And we have the authority as the body of Christ to speak into spiritual situations. And if you'll hold that book up. So that's that's the book called Lost and Found Recovery in Christ. Uh, and that's where we that Bruce wrote from, but he got it from this from second mm. Peter, from this book. That's right. And all of the believers in the church that I'm talking to, you have this, this is the Oracle of God. Amen. He has given us the word to, to us to preserve the spirit of God. If, if the veil has been removed, if you are a born again believer, you have access to these mysteries, to these promises. Mm. And so, yes, you have authority. And I think 
one of the conferences I spoke at recently, um, and I don't think I've talked about this on another episode, but maybe I have, uh, it was really talking about the brain disease, mm-hmm. right. And some of the science behind it. And there's some truths to some of that. There, yeah. There's some truths to that. And it's really cool. But science was given to us by God. Yep. Uh, they have to fall in, into submission to the Lordship of Christ. And I really think it's important to know that the brain is to serve the spirit. The brain is to serve the soul. And if we do that backwards, if we start to think, this is why the church has so much authority. If, if the world tries to take that and use the brain as the supreme if we do that backwards, I really think we die a thousand intellectual deaths, and there's no absolute standard of truth. And so, therefore, if I'm right in that, then we would see a problem like addiction progressively getting worse and not better. Yeah. Is that what we're seeing? Yeah. Last year, if you look at last episode, I just say it's the highest overdose death rate that we've ever seen 93,000 people. Mm died in one year that's 14 years of the vietnam war era didn't even come close to that many deaths Ninety-three thousand, and that's just that's just drugs Mm. not even alcohol or alcohol related like drunk driving car wrecks or failed livers from alcohol imagine those numbers and so if it's progressively getting worse then we have to take the the authority back that's been given to us by the sovereign king by christ fall under his lordship and say, yes, this information that we're learning about the brain, that's great. But it's, it's serving the soul, yeah. right? And it's serving the soul. And what are we told here in Second Peter? That we can escape the corruption that's in the world from sinful desires. That's a mic drop moment, man. Mm-hmm. If you've ever battled anything that had a strong desire, Nicorette gum or chewing or smoking or whatever yeah. you're trying, that's a mic drop moment that the word of God just told us that we can escape those things. Yeah. It's amazing. And not only can we escape them, though, it says we can partake Ooh, in his divine, divine nature. nature. And what you said resonated with me. That's absolutely true. You know, if we put our brain first, and, and as we already stated, you know, God created modern, modern medicine. Yeah. All that is a good thing. But everything in this world was created by him and for him. You know, if we put our brain first, you know, a truth to me may be a different truth to you unless it's filtered through that word. Yeah. You unless know, there's and, a standard of unless truth. there is a standard of truth. And right. that's so very true, because I can't tell you even to this day, if I'm honest, my brain, if I followed my thoughts, yeah. they would lead me astray a lot of times. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. This the, the still small voice, that spirit in me is always going to keep me on that path of Christ. But my, my thoughts, you know, aren't always, you know, of the Lord. Yeah. They're not always good. They're not always perfect. They're not always pleasing. Um, and so we, we really, yeah, you have to put the spirit before things. You put God before all things. Yeah. And in him, scripture says, all things hold together. Yeah. And the most valuable thing that we have is our soul, right? Mm. And one, we, we will spend eternity with or without him. And so if the most valuable thing that we have is our soul, then like I said, everything else is meant to serve and bring glory to God and use to, and use to guide our soul to him. And so if we're not using our brains through this filter of the absolute standard of truth, then we're just playing games. And everything that you say could be true to you and everything I say could be true to me, like you said. And it's just like we're just – it's just a cluster fluster. Right. Right? No one knows what's going on. Everyone has the answer. New meds. Here's a cluster fluster for you. You ready? Yeah. The great surge in this pandemic, this drug pandemic, really started – decade 15 years ago with oxycontin 
the opiate just spike all of a sudden you're seeing crazy number i mean crack and all these things that we see that in history but when these pharmaceutical drugs came in you know what they told us fda approved you know what they told us less than one percent of people taking oxycontin will become addicted to it it's less than one percent addictive that's ridiculous and, I, and that's what we were told. That's what the FDA signed off on. That's why doctors were just, it was the miracle drug. And everyone on the planet knows that was a lie from the pits of hell. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, a, a chemical off of being straight heroin. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And so what sound-minded person, with your truth, my truth, I could just, what sound-minded person really believes that the answer to this drug pandemic, this epidemic going on, is just more drugs? made by the same pharmaceutical companies, right? And that's what we're starting to see now. That's what I mean by all these methodologies that aren't lined up with just sound truth. Hey, let's give medication. Let's manage this. And I think, and and we believe at S2L, medication is a gift of God when used properly. Yes. But when you're putting something into someone for a long period of time, and it's the same place that told us that less than 1% addictive. We see men every year coming into the program trying to get off the drugs that they were given to get off of the drugs. And when they do, correct me if I'm wrong, that withdrawal, that detox is way worse than heroin, way worse than pills when they're trying to come off of the, the... the maintenance drugs. Yeah. Right. It's crazy to me. It's, it's, there's no logic there unless the mind is submissive to the soul under the Lordship of Christ. And there's an absolute standard of truth and the veil's been removed and we can have conversations that help not hurt. And that's why I think through God's word, through this teaching, we've seen really amazing success. One, because you said there's hope. And hope's powerful. But two, there's actual teachings of growth. Yeah. You grow in these things. You add to these things. You And you add to this. And you add to this. And it's sanctification. It's making us more and more like our creator. And it's not perfection, but it is progression. Yeah. Right? And as you grow in your faith, you know, I remember Pastor Ron used to talk about how you can get to a place where you can look back and laugh at addiction. Now, obviously, we don't mean that in a bad place of right. like, you know, the things we've done to our families and the guys who still struggle with it. Not not by that means at all, but it's a position and posture in Christ that, man, I have truly overcome these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through the process of sanctification, like you were talking about, you know, your battles should look different. You know, you yeah. shouldn't be struggling with the same things that you once were. But as far as, yeah, the, the prescription pills and things go, you know, um, that that's a that's a heavy topic because it is true. And that it's, it's a hard truth. To it's face, very controversial. But, You're right. But they they push pills far too often. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a testament to that. You know, yeah. there were doctors I could go to in Houston, Texas, yeah. where it's, you know, I say, hey, my back hurts. I say, hey, I need Adderall. I say, hey, I need these things. Yeah. And to a person who's not in a responsible or right state of mind or, or, or in a healthy spiritual place, we're going to justify those. We're going to rationalize those. Yep. You know, I'm going to tell myself or others around me that I need these things and it's from a doctor. And that's a lot of times how myself and my addiction justifies it. It, the D word. Well, it came from a doctor, big you D know? and the, the, big D. Yeah. And nothing against doctors in general, but yeah. just, I, I think it's a common theme. And most people would, would agree that man, prescriptions are, are, are overly pushed, you know, and there's not enough Christ involved in any of that. Mm, the biggest plug in the world was legal. Mm. 
So I, I think it's interesting that you're, you bring that up and, and we're going to talk about things that are controversial because we don't care. Come right. On. Uh, we're, we're going to try to be respectful, yeah, but I mean, absolutely. if you don't like what we're saying, just, you know, don't listen. You can give a thumbs down if you like, and just not listen. <laughs> uh, we'd prefer you to give a thumbs up and subscribe and share, but we're going to talk about these things. We're going to, we're going to address things that we know to be true and it's not necessarily because we've gone to school and learned these things, although that's true. He's currently in school. I went back to school to learn psychology, religion, theology, uh, and graduated. Uh, so we have, we've read the books, we've done the study, we have done those things, but that's not why we are passionate about it. It's because we live it. And every day for the last decade, I've served in this capacity. I've, I've witnessed thousands of men coming through and, um, just the, the, the reasoning behind the world and some of these things, it's just tired, man. Like I recently, I don't know, we need more access to certain drugs because we don't have access to these things and for this maintenance medication. And that's tired to me, man. Like come ask and get real with people that have been in the, a decade ago. I said, I've done this for 10 years. When I was running and gunning a decade ago, there was access to these drugs. Everyone I knew could get it and had it and if they wanted it. And is that the answer or did things get worse? Things get worse. And so they're saying, oh, we need more access to this. We need more, we need more doctors to be able to license this. And I get that to an extent. Mm-hmm. And I think that these drugs are great and a gift and a common grace of God for a very short period of time to get us through this process of like wishing that we were going to die from these withdrawals because you're not learning anything in those days anyway. And a lot of the fear of coming off the drugs is the withdrawal from the drugs. Yeah. I know every call I made to a place was, do you have a medical detox? Before I would commit to a rehab, do you have a medical detox? Nope. That's how strong that desire is. Yeah. But I think so. I think they're good for a short period of time. But it's tired to try to tell me that that's the answer long term. Because you're just making functional robots walking around the earth that aren't. And then eventually they have to come and withdraw from that drug. Yeah. And come to us to get off of those drugs. And then what? Well, they've been told that the drug is their only answer. And then they come to us and there's no more drugs. And now your brain's having to rewire and all that all over again. It's like, man, why do that? Yeah. I mean, methadone. It's controversial. I'm yeah. Sorry. Methadone is a big one. You know, I've seen guys literally bones, screaming man. out in the name of Jesus. Like mm. literally, Jesus, take this from me. I mm. mean, numerous guys in their bones just in a fetal position laying in bed from a, a drug that was supposed to get them off the drug and getting off of that drug is possibly even harder than the one that they were on. Um, and it's tough, you know, it's tough. Cause I know, and I, I, I'll be the first to admit, we put our families in a tough position. Sure. And we're, we're the ones going through addiction. Sure. You know? And so they're, we're searching for any or, any avenue that would help, you know, and so I can justify easily myself. Well, get me on this other drug, me knowing dang well, it's because I don't want to not be on drugs, period, you know? And so then we make our loved ones feel guilty. Well, I need this. I got to have that. And that's what the doctor told me that will get off, will help me get off of it. You know? So part of it's just, they're kind of naive and they're trying to, they're spinning their wheels because we put back them into a wall and manipulated them and deceived them. And so, yeah. And there's no, we're not trying to point bad guys. We're definitely not, Making people to be the bad guy, except for big bad, big pharma. There you go. That's what it big is. Big pharma. I'm coming at you, big pharma. Canceled. We just got canceled. I should have said that. Uh, no, but you know, closing this out. 
again, we believe that the Word of God, even even specifically this curriculum that that really magnifies the Word of God in Second Peter, we think that that is amazing. And and we're not saying you don't partner that with uh, medical supervision. We're not saying you don't partner that with some therapy and counseling from Christ-centered, only Christ-centered, because we believe when viewed through the lens of a biblical worldview, the person's best interest is in their mind. Yeah. And so we think it's magnificent. And so as a close out here, I just want you to know S the number two L dot net S two L dot net. You could find this curriculum, man. It is such a blessing um, that the church, the capital C church is, is really coming alive and, and kind of supporting this. In fact, there's an organization, a, a, a streaming a resource service called right now media. Um, I think they have like four or 5 million subscribers and it's like small groups for churches. Yeah. It's resources. They've picked this up. Could you hold that up again? They've picked this curriculum up. They ask us to record some videos that really go along with this. And so it's on their site. Um, if, if you don't have a subscription to right now media, you can go to s2l.net. Like I said, it's there. Uh, we're seeing churches for the first time starting recovery ministries where they'll meet once a week instead of doing an AA or an NA or something like that. They're doing a lost and found meeting, a lost and found recovery in Christ meeting. And they're going through this curriculum and we walk beside them. All of that's on the site. We'd love to help train. We have the videos there, the curriculum there, teacher's guides there. Uh, and it's just, it's been a blessing. We, we all of this took a lot of work and time, uh, but God called us to it and our yes was on the table, man. And so it's such a blessing from the rooms of recovery to the revival of a nation, baby. Let's Come go. on. And that's all the time we got life after addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. (laughs) Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author, and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.